Chapter 15 Her cheeks scarlet, her eyes wild, Lucy stopped a few feet in front of Hannah, breathing hard. What is she going to do to me? Hannah wondered, pressing against the dresser, her hands raised as if to shield herself from the maid's attack. Mrs. Mackenzie told me, Lucy stammered, pointing down, about your foot, I mean. Yes, Hannah managed to utter in a tight, frightened voice. Well, I came up to see if there was anything I could do. To help, that is. I think you've done quite enough, Hannah replied coldly. Lucy appeared stung by Hannah's words. Hannah immediately felt sorry. Lucy was red-faced and breathing hard because she had hurried up the stairs to help me, Hannah realized. I have become so frightened of her, so suspicious of her, that I really believe she had come to attack me. I am sorry you are in pain, miss, Lucy said, lowering her eyes to the floor. If there is anything I can do for you. Thank you, Lucy, Hannah replied, softening her tone. You may clean up the floor. There was quite a lot of blood. And take that shoe down to Mrs. Mackenzie. Ask if there is any way it can be cleaned. Yes, miss, Lucy said, still avoiding Hannah's gaze. Limping gingerly, Hannah made her way past Lucy and headed downstairs to dinner. The picnic was Hannah's idea. She had been cooped up in the house for three days, nursing her injured foot. Now the foot was nearly healed and she was walking normally. What an excellent idea, Julia said brightly. I shall have a basket lunch made up. We shall go out to the woods and enjoy this beautiful day. Joseph, Brandon, and Robert begged to come along. I promise we won't be any trouble, begged Robert, and I shall watch Brandon and Joseph carefully. Fluff also seemed excited by the idea. The little dog left eagerly at the pantry door, whimpering to go out into the sunshine. Go get dressed, Julia instructed her sister. I shall go speak to Lucy about preparing our lunch basket. The mention of Lucy's name gave Hannah a chill. She had avoided the maid for three days. Hannah realized that she was perhaps being unfair. Lucy couldn't be deliberately trying to hurt the two fear sisters. What reason could she have? Just the same, Hannah had decided to avoid Lucy and to have as little to do with her as possible. Pushing Lucy out of her mind, she hurried upstairs to get changed for the picnic. Why do they call it an Indian summer? Brandon asked. I am not sure, Hannah told him, but today is certainly the most beautiful Indian summer day. The sun was high, seeming to float above tiny puffs of white cloud. Leaves shimmered brightly on the tall trees at the back of the lawn. They were still summer green, although autumn was here. Despite the sunshine, the air carried a chill. Hannah wrapped her light blue shawl around her as she watched Fluff scamper through the tall grass. Joseph, don't chase Fluff, Julia ordered. You're getting the poor dog all excited. I'm afraid that Fluff is already excited, Hannah told her, laughing as the dog rolled onto its back and frantically kicked at the air with all four paws. Joseph rolled on the ground, imitating the dog. Robert, hold the picnic basket straight. You're going to spill everything, Julia cried. But it is so heavy, Robert complained. What did Lucy pack in here, an elephant? The flowers are beautiful, Hannah said pleased to be out of the house. Look, Julia, we still have roses. Julia didn't reply. She was distracted by Fluff and Joseph. Joseph, she called, look out. Do not let the dog fall into that hole. At the edge of the woods, they all stopped to watch Fluff as he neared a burial plot. With Joseph close behind, the dog ran to the edge of the freshly dug grave, sniffed along the sides at the moist, dark dirt, then came trotting back toward Robert, Brandon, and the girls. Why is there a new grave? Robert asked, 
shifting the heavy picnic basket to his other hand, his eyes on the deep hole. Did you not hear about Jenkins the gardener? Julia asked. He passed away in his sleep two nights ago. He is to be buried this afternoon. Such a kindly man, Hannah said softly, and look at his fine work all around. She gestured to the flower garden that stretched along the back of the house, bordered on one side by tall rose trellises. Hannah stepped closer to the grave, staring down into the deep rectangle of dark earth. How strange to think that Jenkins was walking around in our yard just two days ago, she thought with some sadness. And in a short while, he shall rest in this underground hole forever. Remove that solemn frown from your face, sister, Julia urged, stepping up beside Hannah. Let us not allow this to spoil our fun today. Hannah forced a smile and turned away from the grave. Yes, you are right. Into the woods, everyone, she called brightly, and started to run toward the trees, her blue shawl flapping behind her gingham dress. The woods behind the Fear Mansion seemed to stretch on forever. The five picnickers ran into the shadows of the tall trees. Their heavy shoes made the twigs on the ground crackle and snap. It's almost cold here under the trees, Hannah exclaimed. How far do we have to walk? This basket is heavy, Robert complained. We can set it down when we come to a clearing, Julia told him. Look at Fluff, Joseph cried, pointing. The dog had chased a squirrel up a tree and was now trying to climb the trunk after it. Does he not know that dogs cannot climb trees? Julia asked her sister. Hannah laughed. Fluff does not know that he is a dog, she replied. They continued through the woods, enjoying the cool pine-scented air, watching for squirrels and chipmunks. Joseph chased after Fluff, running and jumping and barking as if he too were a dog. Robert shifted the basket from hand to hand, complaining about its weight. Brandon picked up stones and threw them on the path. Does father know we were having a picnic in the woods? he asked Julia. I wanted to tell him, she replied, brushing a white burr from the front of her long gingham skirt. But he was upstairs in Mother's room. She was having another one of her spells, I am afraid. Mother and her spells, Hannah said, rolling her eyes. Here is a nice clearing, Robert said happily. A circle of tall grass appeared like an oasis among the trees. Can we have our lunch here? Very well, Julia agreed brightly. This shall do fine. Freedom, Robert cried, setting down the basket, then stretching his arms. Julia and Hannah spread a red wool blanket over the grass. Fluff immediately leapt onto the blanket, tracking dirt and leaves over it. Hannah brushed the little dog away. Julia opened the lid of the basket and began to pull items from it and set them down on the blanket. Look, is that a deer? Robert cried. Where? Joseph spun around wildly, searching all directions at once. Follow me, Robert instructed his brothers, but keep silent. Let's track him. The boys headed off at a run toward the trees. Do not go far, Julia called after them. It is almost lunchtime. Mmm, those little pies look good, Hannah told her sister, dropping to her knees on the blanket. I am suddenly starving. Fresh air makes me hungry, too, Julia replied. Let's see. Lucy packed a little meat pie for each of us, and there are raisin cookies and a jug of fresh lemon water. She handed a meat pie to her sister. Let's eat. We need not wait for the boys. Hannah raised a small doughy pie to her mouth and was about to take a bite when Fluff leapt into her lap. Oh, she cried out, startled. The dog raised himself on his hind legs and sniffed the pie in Hannah's hand noisily. You little beggar, Hannah cried laughing. Down, down, get off me and I shall give you a taste. Ignoring her, Fluff leapt high, trying to get his teeth on the meat pie, 
Here, here is a piece for you, Hannah said, using one hand to shove the dog off her lap. She broke off a tiny wedge of pie and held it out to Fluff. The dog yipped and slurped it up eagerly, licking Hannah's hand clean. Stop, stop, you're tickling me, she cried laughing. What a scratchy tongue you have, doggy. You do spoil that dog, Julia grumbled good-naturedly. Hannah gave Fluff another piece of the pie. Where are the boys? Julia asked. She climbed to her feet, shielding her eyes with one hand, and searched the woods for them. I hope they have not wandered far, Hannah said, following her sister's gaze. Robert has no sense of direction at all. He can get lost inside the house. Hearing a strange sound, Hannah turned back to Fluff. To her surprise, the dog was whimpering loudly, his head lowered, his tail tucked tightly between his legs. As Hannah watched in alarm, the dog's entire body began to convulse. Fluff coughed, then his stomach heaved, and he began to vomit, his legs trembling, his entire body quivering. Then, all at once, the dog crumpled to the blanket, dropped onto his side, and was still. Fluff! Hannah cried. Fluff! Fluff! Oh, Julia, what has happened? Chapter 16 Hannah carefully lifted the dog from a puddle of dark vomit and held him tightly against the front of her dress. He's dead, she muttered. No, Julia cried in horror. Hannah, he cannot be. He... Tears formed in the corners of Julia's gray eyes. Poor Fluff, poor Fluff, poor Fluff, Hannah repeated quietly, still hugging the dead animal to her. No, I do not believe it, Julia cried, shaking her head. The dog was perfectly fine until until both girls had the idea at the same time the meat pies hannah cried her eyes widened in horror and she gaped at her sister julia did you julia lowered her eyes to the pie beside her on the blanket no i did not touch mine you hannah shook her head only fluff he was the only one to eat and now the poor dog is dead poisoned julia muttered hannah gasped what did you say sister Poisoned! Julia repeated the word as she wiped the tears from her eyes. Lucy! She poisoned the pies! She had to! No! Hannah cried, lowering the dog to the blanket, her features set in horror. You don't think... Lucy! Her sister repeated, shaking her head. She almost murdered us all! Hannah swallowed hard, her heart thudding wildly against her chest. She climbed quickly to her feet, her expression frightened. Where are the boys? She asked, searching the woods. Julia! Go fetch the boys and bring them home. I shall run to tell father. He must know what Lucy has done at once. As Hannah ran through the woods toward the house, tears rolled down her cheeks. Poor Fluff, she thought, that poor innocent dog. He looked so frightened, so confused, poisoned, poisoned by that villainous maid. If only Hannah had told her father her suspicions about Lucy after finding the shard of glass in her shoe, then Fluff would still be alive. I'll tell father everything now, Hannah told herself, and the maid will be gone before she can kill again. The back of the rambling fear mansion came into view. Hannah slowed a little as she passed the burial plot. A closed pine coffin had been set down at the edge of the fresh grave. Jenkins must be inside it, Hannah realized. The funeral will be held in a few moments. Thinking of fluff, a loud sob escaping her throat, Hannah turned away from the narrow coffin and ran the rest of the way to the house. She burst through the door to the back pantry. Father? Father? Are you downstairs? She called breathlessly. No reply. 
In the kitchen, bright sunlight streamed across the floor from the back window. Father? Father? No one there. Frantically, Hannah started toward the hallway. But a black-uniformed figure moved quickly to block her path. Lucy! Chapter 17 The sunlight washed over Lucy as she stepped toward Hannah. Her orange hair was secured tightly in a bun, her eyes locked on Hannah's. Lucy, why did you poison us? Hannah blurted out, panting for breath. Why? What? Lucy's mouth dropped open. Do not play innocent, Hannah cried angrily. Why did you poison our lunch? I have no idea what you are talking about, miss, Lucy replied, turning up her sharp nose. You murdered my dog, Hannah shrieked. What is all the noise in here? Mrs. Mackenzie bustled in from the hallway. Hannah, what is the matter? The housekeeper asked with concern. Lucy tried to poison us, Hannah cried, pointing at the maid, who took another step back. She poisoned the meat pies. What? Mrs. Mackenzie narrowed her eyes at Hannah. What are you saying about meat pies? The meat pies for your picnic? Yes, Hannah cried. They were poisoned. Lucy has been trying to harm us since she arrived, and today— No! Lucy screamed, interrupting. No, you are telling lies, miss. Ignoring her protests, Hannah turned to Mrs. Mackenzie. I must get my father. He must know it at once. Lucy poisoned the pies. No, she did not, Mrs. Mackenzie said firmly, placing her hands on the sides of her long apron. What? Hannah had started to the door but stopped short. As I am a witness, Lucy did not poison the pies, Mrs. Mackenzie repeated, frowning, her round cheeks a bright pink. Lucy had nothing to do with your lunch, Miss Hannah. Your sister Julia prepared the lunch. Hannah felt dazed. The room suddenly tilted. The bright sunlight washing over her made everything go white. Julia. Miss Julia made the pies, Mrs. Mackenzie insisted. Lucy asked if Julia needed help, but Miss Julia ordered Lucy to stay out of the kitchen. Julia? Hannah gasped weakly. No, please, not Julia. Not Julia. Miss Hannah, are you feeling ill? Mrs. Mackenzie demanded, tugging on the sides of her apron. Perhaps I should summon your father. But Hannah was already running through the back pantry and out the door. Her heart pounding, her head spinning from what she had just learned, she ran past the flower garden and across the lawn. She saw her brothers first, coming out of the woods. Their faces were drawn. Julia must have told them about Fluff. The boys nodded solemnly at Hannah, then continued on in silence toward the house. Julia appeared next. As she stepped out of the woods, she stopped a few yards from Jenkins' coffin. She was carrying the picnic basket, but set it down when she saw Hannah hurrying toward her. Hannah? Did you find father? Did you tell him about Lucy? Panting hard, struggling to catch her breath, Hannah stared intently at her sister, studying her face, searching for the truth in Julia's small gray eyes. Julia, it was you, Hannah finally managed to choke out. As she stared back at Hannah, Julia's eyes turned cold. She nodded. You tried to poison me, Hannah accused, her voice just above a whisper. Julia didn't deny it. She stared back, emotionless, her expression a blank. Why, Julia? Hannah demanded. Why? I hate you, Hannah, Julia replied quietly, calmly. I want you to die. But why? 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 Hannah shrieked. She realized she was more horrified by Julia's coldness than by her action. Why should you be the hostess? Julia demanded, her black curls falling forward. She made no attempt to push them back. Why should I not be the pretty one, the charming one? Why should I not be father's favorite? 
Why should I not take mother's place? I am the oldest and the smartest, and, and... Her normally pale face was scarlet now. Her eyes burned into Hannah's. Her shoulders trembled. Julia's hands were balled into tight, angry fists at her sides. Hannah shrank back, suddenly frightened. Julia, you... you put the snake in my bed. You put the glass in my shoe. You... Hannah's terrified voice caught in her throat. Julia didn't deny it. I wanted you to be scared. I wanted you to die. With a furious cry, Julia attacked Hannah, leaping onto her, wrapping her hands around Hannah's throat. Startled, caught completely off guard, Hannah stumbled and fell backward. She landed hard on her elbows and cried out from the pain. Julia landed on top of her, her hands still at Hannah's throat. Crying and groaning, the two girls wrestled on the ground, until Hannah broke free, climbed to her feet, and started to run. But Julia was faster and tackled her sister hard from behind. Hannah landed on her stomach on top of the pine coffin. She groaned and tried to pull herself up. But Julia was on top of her again, pressing her down onto the hard coffin, and again Julia's hands wrapped around Hannah's throat. Die, 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 Julia shrieked at the top of her lungs, as her hands tightened viciously around Hannah's throat. Hannah struggled to roll free, to get off the coffin, but Julia held tight as she choked off Hannah's air. Chapter 18 Hannah gasped for breath, thrashing her arms frantically, trying to grab Julia, to push her away. But Julia was too strong, too determined. Hannah felt herself weaken, felt her muscles go slack, felt her body surrender. Everything went bright red, blood red, then bright white. Hannah felt herself sinking, sinking into the white nothingness. And then, miraculously, Julia's hands slipped away from Hannah's throat. Hannah stared up at the white, white sky. Color returned slowly. She took a short breath, then another. The air made a whistling sound as it entered her lungs. Julia thinks I am dead, Hannah realized. She believes she has murdered me. That is why she has released my throat. Hannah sucked in another breath of air. A sound in the woods behind them caused Julia to turn her back. Was there someone there? Had someone seen them? No, it was only a deer scurrying in the underbrush. Julia bent over, hands on her knees, panting loudly. She thinks she has murdered me. The words repeated in Hannah's mind, turning her fear to anger. With a burst of strength, she rolled off the coffin and landed on her feet. Hannah stood unsteadily, the ground swaying beneath her. You, you're alive? Julia cried breathlessly, spinning around, her eyes wide. She recovered quickly and lunged at Hannah. Hannah grabbed the first thing she saw, the heavy iron shovel that had been used to dig Jenkins' grave. As Julia leapt at her, Hannah cried out and swung the shovel. It made a metallic clang as it slammed against Julia's head. Julia's eyes bulged wide. Then they rolled up in her head as she dropped to her knees. Blood spurted from her nose, flowed down her chin. Finally, she dropped face down into the grass. Hannah stared in horror, shaking all over. The heavy shovel still gripped tightly in both her hands. She watched the bright blood, Julia's blood, puddle on the grass. I have killed her, she realized. I have killed Julia. The shovel fell at Hannah's feet. She wrapped her arms around herself, trying to stop her body from trembling. Now what? She couldn't think clearly. Everything kept turning red, then white, flashing crazily in front of her. The clouds overhead appeared to race. The sun dipped, then rose again. Crazy. All too crazy. Julia is dead. Now what? Before Hannah even realized what she was doing, she had pulled open the pine lid of the gardener's coffin. 
The stale aroma of his corpse floated up to greet her. The old man's purple face stared blankly up at her. The eyes had sunk deep into Jenkins's skull. The lips were pulled tight into a hideous death grin. Sobbing loudly, struggling to hold back her disgust, Hannah frantically grabbed her sister's body under the arms and pulled it into the coffin, lifted, lifted Julia's body, so heavy in death, shoved it into the coffin, on top of the rotting gardener, shoved it, sobbing, trembling, shoved it, shoved it in. One arm draped itself over the side of the coffin. Hannah grabbed the arm with both hands and bent it into the coffin, and slammed the lid shut, and clasped it, and ran blindly to the woods to vomit, to spew up her horror the horror of having killed her only sister, her only sister, who hated Hannah enough to try to murder her. Choking and sobbing, Hannah clung to the cool trunk of a tree, and waited for her mind to clear, for the ground to stop swaying, for the lights to stop flashing in her head. Hannah was still at the edge of the woods, still clinging to the solid tree trunk, when the small party of mourners gathered around the freshly dug grave to bury Jenkins. Her cheek pressed against the smooth bark, Hannah watched the dark-coated minister, Bible in hand, say a few words over the coffin. The mourners, servants from the house and a few people from the village, bowed their heads as the minister spoke. Then Hannah saw the strongest of the men step forward to lift the coffin into the grave. They struggled for a moment, surprised by the weight of it. Then, working silently together, they lowered the box into the ground and covered it with dirt, using the same shovel Hannah had used to kill Julia. Julia is in the ground now, Hannah thought, watching the members of the small funeral party walking slowly toward the house. Julia is in the ground with Jenkins. Hannah stayed in the woods a long while. When the sun began to lower itself behind the trees and the air grew evening cool, she wiped the tear stains from her cheeks. Then she straightened her dress and slowly walked back to the house. Where is Julia? Simon asked. Hannah pretended not to hear the question. She was slumped in a chair in a corner of the sitting room, watching Brandon and Joseph toss a small ball back and forth in front of the fire. Has anyone seen Julia? Simon repeated impatiently from the doorway, his eyes on Hannah. No, I have not seen her father, not since our picnic in the woods behind the house, Brandon replied, bouncing the ball gently to his little brother. Maybe she is still outside, Joseph said, missing the ball and scrambling after it. Can you two not find a better indoor activity? Simon scolded sharply. He disappeared before the boys could reply. Hannah shivered in spite of the heat that filled the room from the glowing fireplace. She stared at the boys but didn't really see them. Instead, she saw the pine box. She saw Julia's arm hanging over the side of it. Then she saw the heavy pine box being lowered into the ground. Julia! Julia! Are you upstairs? Hannah heard her father shout up the stairs. No. Julia is not upstairs, Hannah thought dully. Julia is not in the house, father. Julia is in the ground. Julia! Where is Julia? She heard her father calling. Has anyone seen Julia? Chapter 19 Muttering to himself, Simon Fear pulled his cloak around himself as he stepped into the evening darkness. Having searched the entire house for his daughter, he decided to try the garden. Sometimes Julia would completely lose track of the time, and Simon would find her on a bench in the garden, dreamily poring over a book of romantic poetry. A pale crescent moon rose above the woods at the end of the back lawn. The sky was still a royal evening blue. A cool wind picked up and blew against Simon as he crossed the yard. Julia, are you out here? The wind threw his voice back to him. He pulled the cloak tighter. 
The roses on the tall trellises bobbed in a gusting breeze. The wind howled through the trees. Or was it the wind? Simon stopped and stood perfectly still, holding his cloak in place. His head tilted as he listened impatiently. What was that horrible howl, that pained cry? Simon took a few steps toward the frightening sound. He stood near the family burial plot, his eyes narrowed, listening. There it was again, a frightening shriek, like the cry of a trapped animal. Another shriek, high-pitched. A moan. Simon turned toward the gardening sheds at the fence. Has a wild animal gotten itself trapped in one of the sheds, he wondered. Another mournful howl. No, the sound was too close, so nearby. Simon grasped his cloak as another shrill cry rose on a gust of wind. He stared down at the ground. It seemed as if the sound was at his feet. But that's impossible, he cried. And then he realized that he was standing beside a freshly dug grave, the dark earth still mounded loose over the coffin. Mr. Jenkins's grave. Another pitiful cry, a desperate animal shriek. From the ground. From the grave. Someone crying out from the new grave. A girl. Julia. No, Simon uttered, terror choking him. Before he realized what he was doing, he had picked up the shovel and begun digging into the earth. His heart pounding, Simon frantically shoveled, the blade cutting easily into the soft dirt. Working feverishly, he tossed the dirt over his shoulder, digging down, down, until finally, when he felt his chest was about to burst, the shovel hit something solid, the lid of the coffin. Yes, Simon cried, and began digging wildly, scraping and shoving the dirt out of the hole. So close, so close. I'm coming, he screamed in a panic-filled voice he didn't recognize. I'm coming, I'm coming. He didn't try to lift the coffin. Instead, he tossed the shovel aside and leapt down into the hole. With trembling hands, he lifted the latch. Then, gasping loudly, his heart thudding against his chest, he pulled up the coffin lid. Chapter 20 Julia! Simon cried out when he saw his daughter sprawled on top of the gardener's corpse. Her black hair had fallen over her face. He brushed it back gently, his hand trembling, loud sobs escaping his throat. Dead. She was dead. So pale. Her face was locked in a grimace of terror, her lifeless eyes wide. Dried blood was caked over her nose and chin. No! The howl erupted from Simon. It echoed against the dark walls of the grave he had opened. He gaped in horror at his daughter. Her fingernails were torn and bloodied. Simon saw long scratch marks along the inside of the coffin lid. Buried alive, he realized. Julia was buried alive. The wind howled above him. He gazed up at the sliver of pale moon. He couldn't bear to look at her any longer. Who? he cried, scrambling out of the hole, scrabbling over the soft dirt, his arms thrashing wildly. Who did this? Who? Back up on solid ground, he staggered toward the house. Who did this? Who murdered my daughter? He tossed a cloak to the ground and began to run. The house loomed ahead, a dark blur. The whole world had become a dark blur. Moments later, he stood in the kitchen struggling to catch his breath, struggling to stop the painful pounding of his heart. Mrs. Mackenzie, Mrs. Mackenzie, he screamed frantically. Where was she? Where was everyone? He grabbed onto a cyborg to keep himself from collapsing. Something near his hand caught his attention. A long sheet of paper with scribbled words down one side, scribbled names, the servant's list. The newly written name at the bottom of the list, the ink still dark and fresh. Lucy 
good. No! A wild animal howl erupted from deep inside him. Not a good. Not a good in my house. Simon truly believed the goods had vanished from the earth. He believed he had killed the last of them, Frank Good, back in Wickham when he was still a boy. He believed that the curse had ended that long-ago day, that no member of the Good family could ever threaten the fears again. And now, here was a Good hiding in his own household, carrying on the evil of the goods against the fears, murdering his Julia. No! Simon grasped the silver pendant tightly in one hand. He felt its warmth, felt its power. His rage carried him into the front parlor. He picked out a sword from the new collection of war relics. He waved it high. It gleamed in the light from the gas lamps. He followed the sword's gleam, running frantically, bellowing his rage. Simon followed the glow of the sword through the house. I will find her. I will find Lucy Good. I will put an end to the evil she has brought to my house, to my family. Simon? What are you doing? Simon! Was that Angelica calling to him from the stairway? He did not slow down. He followed the glowing sword glowing like a torch now, glowing with the heat of his vengeance. Simon, stop! Angelica sounded so far away. I will find her. I will find the maid. There she stood. A bright, blurred figure walking toward him, beyond the blinding glow of the sword blade. Yes, he had found her. Yes, the maid, the good, a good walking in his very own hallway. Simon, stop! Angelica called. But Simon could not stop. He lowered the gleaming sword. The girl shrieked and threw her hands up in terror. He had her. He had her now. The sword glowed so brightly, so brightly he could see only its light. Simon, stop! Stop! Angelica screamed. But Simon plunged the sword deep into the maid's chest. <laughs>